Thank you for joining us all today. Uh, if you'd stand with me as we read the scriptures, reading Psalms 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's remain standing as we pray. Lord, would you search us? As this psalm says, Lord, you search us and you know us. Lord, we are willingly able by you to be searched because you are good. You love us. You have all things in your hands. You know us and you keep running after us in your love. So we praise you, Lord. It's in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The psalm teaches us the language of faith. The psalms teach us the language of faith. We're in this long series on the psalms. And this psalm teaches us that there's a way to pray where the Lord knows us and we can know him. It's like the Lord's will is going this way. And we can, if we know the Lord's will, pray prayers that are right alongside with the Lord's will and run parallel with the things the Lord is doing. I'm sure we've all prayed prayers that were probably not along with the will of God, if we were honest. I think there's prayers looking back where maybe thankful that the Lord did not answer. Think about maybe previous relationships that you were in and about to break up. And you're like, Lord, crying out to the Lord. And now only looking back, you're like, well, thank God he didn't answer that. Um, or think about uh, uh, for, for Erica and I, 11 years ago, we were trying to buy a house in Colorado Springs, 210 Cedar Street, downtown Colorado Springs. It didn't work out. And at the time, it was so like, Lord, what are you doing? We wanted to buy this home, only to look back 11 years later and say, wow, the Lord led us to Manitou in that time. And here we are planting a church and, and being the people of God in Manitou. Thank God he didn't answer that prayer but instead his will is steadfast and we as the people of God try to parallel with God and what he's doing and this psalm teaches us an 
ask this prayer, Lord, search us, God, and know my heart. So that's this next point here. Search me, God, and know my heart. This is the exact phrase in verse 22. But this psalm starts off and just says, God has searched us. Verse 1 says, you've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. And before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely, and you hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. The Lord knows everything. He knows us inside and out like a good teacher or a good parent that just knows. You can't get away with anything because they just know. But they have your best intentions. They love you. I'm thinking about in elementary school, had a good teacher, and it was a time where I was just needing some help reading me and this other kid. We took some tests. We kind of failed the test. We're right on the verge. And so we had to go to some remedial reading classes. And so every day for a half hour, we'd go to these remedial reading classes, and we were right on the edge. And after a couple weeks of getting help, half hour every day, we were both doing great. We were where we should. So the remedial reading teacher said, you guys don't have to come anymore. And so we were like, great, high-fived each other. We go back to class. The next day, the teacher says, all right. Joe and -and so-and-so, time to go to your class. So we get up and leave. And then on the hall walking there, we're like, wait, we don't have to be there. And we don't have to be in class. We got the whole world. We're two hooligans running around in the hallways, going to the bathroom, flushing down toilet paper. This is awesome. We made our way outside, kicking over anthills. And this lasted for like several days in a row. We had a half hour before lunch, just hooligans around doing nothing but causing trouble. And the teacher just knew. Like the teacher asked us, pulled us aside and said, do you boys have anything you need to tell me? And we looked at each other and we looked at her and we just broke. Oh, we're supposed to be in the class, but we weren't in the class. We're supposed to be over here, but we weren't. And that's all the paper we're flying, we're kicking over anthills. Oh, why? Have mercy on us. And the teacher just knew. And she was just calm and said, okay, well, don't do that anymore. Stay in class. Now we know it's all good. But she just knew the Lord knows us. He searches us. And that's actually a really good thing. When it, when it says here, the Lord, the Lord searches us and knows us, it's not like a TSA agent searching us at the airport. He's like, is that a fingernail clipper there? We're going to need to take that. Is that uh, actually, is that 3.5 ounces? Because it needs to be three, but we're going to need to take that. It's not like that kind of searching where someone's just out to get you It's the Lord who knows you and loves you and has your best in mind. He knows us and he loves us. And that is a good thing. Think about all the posts on social media. Think about all your posts. Think about all my posts. So many of them, whatever percent, is kind of just showing ourselves out there, asking the question deep down, does anyone see me? Does anyone know me? Does anyone like me? Is anyone out there? Does anyone care? And to that, this psalm says, yes, The Lord knows. He sees you. Everything that you do matters to the Lord, and he is right there with you. I have a son. His name's Jay. He's six years old. He's downstairs, probably terrorizing, and uh, flushing toilet paper down, because that's the 
kids do. That's what my kids do. Anyways, he's downstairs. He's a great kid. He's in a robotics class, which just means he gets to play with Legos on Wednesdays, and he makes things. And a couple weeks ago, there was a, a Lego League robotics competition that he went to, and he made a little thing. He got to talk about it. It was great. And then he got, like every other kid, got a trophy. Like, that's just what you do. You get a trophy. And so it was this day where Eric and I had to be somewhere else. So uh, his, his grandparents, my, my mom and dad, Mima and Papa were there and they watched him do this little presentation. And then he was going to get a trophy. And it just so happened that our thing ended and we were able to make it back just in time to see Jay get his trophy. And he was so proud. He goes through the line, he gets his trophy. And there I was, I told him we weren't going to be there, but we were there because it ended early. And I was in the back holding up my camera and I have film, I have video of this, and Jay gets his trophy, and you could see his little eyes looking out in the crowd. Does anyone know me? Does anyone see this moment? I got a trophy. And then he sees his dad filming him in the back. He sees me, and his smile just bing, and he waves, hi, dad, from across the room. Yes, I see him. I love him. I'm there. He matters. Think about the Lord in this psalm. He is chasing after us with his love. And yes, what you do matters. Yes, God thinks about you all the time. The next point is this, that God is chasing after us. If you hear anything this morning, remember that point, that God is chasing after us. And it's clear here in this psalm. Listen to these words. Listen to the Lord chasing us down. So the the psalmist, the person writing this, is asking the question, where can I go from your spirit? And of course, it's a rhetorical question. Where can you go? Nowhere. You can't run. You can't leave. And it says, where can I flee from your presence? The answer, nowhere. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, uh, your, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will Shine like the day, for even darkness is as light to you. I can't read this passage without thinking of this story, and I'll tell it to you. So about a year and a half ago, every week on Tuesdays, we pray. Uh, The prayer meeting used to be uh, right above Gigi's Pet Store in downtown Manitou Springs. Now we've moved just up the road to Sarah's house. And every Tuesday, we, we pray. And it was our tradition to pick a psalm or pick a passage and the prayer leader would read that passage and then Sarah would, would play uh, and we would pray it and sing it for an hour. And that's what we did. I picked Psalm 139 one week and I told Sarah and she's like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about this psalm all week. I started memorizing it earlier this week and it was just like, that's pretty cool. Like, wow, like what's the Lord up to? And in the street, before we went up, I saw this lady and just kind of a, a lady, I've, I've seen her since, and she's just doing okay, a homeless lady, a lady with lots of struggles and, and addictions, and I just know that about her. And, and so I invited her in to a prayer meeting. I said, would you like to come up? We have a prayer meeting. Uh, and she's like, I don't think so. And I was like, well, you know, we're just going to pray for an hour, and I'm going to read the psalm and pray through it. And she said, no, you know, I've, I've in kind of her tone and what she says. She said, I've, I've been spending my whole life running away from God. I've been spending my whole life um, just, just kind of running away from church. I, I'm good, thanks. And I said, well, if you change your mind, we, we have so, some food. We have some free food up there. And she's like, free food? 
I'll go up. And so she went up and we had these just day old sandwiches and she sat down. So, so Sarah's singing and we're praising the Lord. People are lifting their hands and worship because that's what we do. It's just the symbol of Lord, we're, we're here and we're worshiping you. You probably saw people lifting their hands today. And so all over the room, people were lifting their hands, praising the Lord, singing the songs. And she's just kind of like right in the middle, eating a sandwich, just doing her own thing. And I was just thankful. Lord, thank you that this lady's here. She's been her, for her own words. She says she spent her life running away from God. And yet here she is in this room eating a sandwich. And she's just kind of in her own world eating a sandwich until we get to this part of the psalm that says, you know, pretty much exactly what she said. She's been running away from God, asking the question, where can we go from his spirit? Nowhere. Where can we flee from his presence? Nowhere. And, and this line is one of my favorites. If I settle on the far side of the sea, if I get in a boat and I put the sail up and I go as far as I can away from any of this, even there the Lord will be there. And it says that his hand will guide even as on the far side of the sea, we can't run away from the Lord. And it was at that moment she, she puts away her food and just starts weeping like, like sobs. And I see her and I know her backstory. So I start weeping. I'm trying to read this. Sarah's trying to say, it was just beautiful, beautiful moment where the Lord was exactly where she needed to be. Like she had been just saying, like I've been running away from the Lord. Well, guess what? The Lord is running to and he's running right to you. The psalmist asked this question, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go? I can't go anywhere. The Hebrew here is, is like the face of God. Where can I go from your face? I can't go anywhere from your face. You're right there and I'm right here and we're in each other's presence. Even if we don't realize it, God is right there. His face is with us. There's this movie, it's kind of a nerdy science movie, so I like it. Uh, it's called Interstellar. Anybody see that movie? A couple. It came out 2014, and it's about, it's about all kinds of things. It's hard to explain like what in the world this movie's about. But like the earth is ending, and so people go out to like wormholes, which I don't even begin to know what that is. So they go through to the, these other planets, and there's Dr. Man who's, who goes to this very far distant world, and he uh, runs out of resources, is, doesn't have any communication for years and years and years with people back home. And this character is played by Matt Damon, so he's out there. And then a team of people, led by Cooper, Matthew McConaughey is the actor, goes and visits this planet, Dr. Man's planet, and they get to him and he's uh, in hibernation, deep sleep because he ran out of resources. He's running low on oxygen. He hadn't seen or talked to anyone, so he basically just set himself on hibernation to die, thinking he would never see another person again. And the team gets there. Matthew McConaughey played, uh, plays this character, Cooper, gets there. They resurrect him from this machine and unzip him. And Matt Damon, uh, Dr. Man, comes to life and he, they look at each other and he just starts weeping. It's this really weird, awkward scene in the movie where they're just weeping together and crying. And the next line is, I pray you never learn just how good it could be to see another face. And think of like that's inside of us, this desire. Here's, here's someone in this fictional movie that's away from people for years and years and years, no communication whatsoever. And he's, he's broken because he just does not have another face to see. And he says, I pray you never learn what it's like to see another face, that joy that comes with that. 
And the Lord is with us. He's chasing us down. We are always in the presence of the Lord. This psalm reminds us of this. There's a poem written. It's one of my favorite poems. And it's, it's got to be just based right off of Psalm 139. It's called The Hound of Heaven. It was written in the 1800s, 1859, by a guy named Francis Thompson. His dad was a doctor, and he wanted Francis to be a doctor. Went to med school, dropped out, couldn't do it. Uh, Francis wanted to be a priest, goes to seminary, couldn't do it, drops out. He becomes an opium addict. And in the 1800s in London, that scene was just horrible, nothing like it. There was just, in, like, in plain sight, opium dens where people were smoking and shooting up opium. The addiction was just a, a disaster for London. And Francis falls into this trap of addiction and, le- and just runs away from the Lord and runs away from everything but this addiction, tries to find love in all these wrong places, running away from the Lord. And yet, even though he couldn't be a doctor, even though he couldn't be a priest, he has a, a profound authority over the English language and writes poetry. He would not become known. He would not become famous until after he was dead. But he writes this poem called The Hound of Heaven. You could look it up. It'll take you a while to get through because it's the these and the thous, a very lofty English language. But it starts off with this. T- starts off with, with saying that he's running away from the Lord. But guess what? The title, The Hound of Heaven, is about the Lord chasing after him. It says, I fled him down the days, down the nights. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinth of my own ways and my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him. And in this poem, he says he hears this voice saying, How little worthy of any love thou art. Think about that voice. Maybe you've heard it before. The voice of, of your own thoughts saying, you're not worthy of anything. You're not worthy from, from, of love. And here he is searching for love in these wrong places, searching out addiction. And all the while, God is chasing him down. He says in the poem, uh, he asks the evening to cover him, to hide him. Sounds a lot like Psalm 139, right? We just read, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. It sounds a lot like that. But God pursues him saying in this poem, nothing will hide you. In the end of the poem, God catches up with Francis, outstretches his hand and says, I am who thou seekest. And this line, I'll read it for you. And I had to look it up and think about it. I was like, what in the world does this mean? It says, thou dravest love from thee, who dravest me. That's how the poem ends. And it, it means you drove love away. But when you were driving love away, you actually were driving me away. And with outstretched hand, the Lord, like this hound, chases down Francis and says, you've been trying to find love in all these places and, and find pleasure. But as you were pushing yourself away from love, you were actually just pushing me away. The Lord knows us. The Lord is running after us. It says this. This is my next point. He knew us before we were. He knew us before we were. Listen to the intimacy of these verses. Think about them. Let your imagination stir. It says this to the Lord. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. It says, your eyes saw my unformed body. 
Think about that. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So this uncreated creator, the Lord, while he was creating us, knew us. And think about that line. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How beautiful is that? Like he knew you'd be sitting here right now thinking about the days ordained for you before you even were. Like an inception of like thought of like, wow, like thinking about that is like mind-blowing. Thinking about the Lord knowing us before we even were in the womb. The womb is a holy place here on earth where even humans are formed. And think about like all that happens in the womb as a baby is being born. And, and it's, it's, there's things, there's blessing and there's curse that can come in the womb that will have lifetime effects for a little child. And, and when Jay was uh, little, and, and Erica's back there, uh, when Jay was in... Erica's womb. I was just thinking about like your firstborn child. It's like, wow, there's a baby in there and he can hear what's going on. And so we would talk to him and I would, I would snuggle up to Erica's belly and, and talk to him and, and say scripture to him. And, and now I think, Jay loves scripture. I wonder if it's because in the womb I would read scripture to him. I don't know. But the Lord knew and he knows us even in the womb. It's beautiful to think about. The last point is this. It's how this psalm closes. The author asks and says, see if there's any offensive way in me. See if there's any offensive way in me. Verse 23 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Teach me and know my anxious, anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. This psalm is asking God to turn our hearts, turn our desires to him, asking him in to say, Lord, what's go- Lord, you have searched me. You, you know me. Lord, do to me, do in me something that creates in me your will. So I started off with this idea that the Lord's will, that this, this kingdom of the Lord is, is on this trajectory and, and we are our best in our humanness when we can parallel ourselves with the Lord's will. I was thinking about this, this verse, see if there's any offensive way in me. Just thinking about this this week and thinking through my own life and pride is always there. Selfishness is always there. Thinking through this week, there's, we have a lot going on where uh, we put an offer on a house here in Manitou, which is cool to not be renting. And there's just so much to do. And Erica and I were just talking about, man, it's, it's really hard to, to let the Lord do his thing. It's so easy to, to do all this stuff on our own strength and to not rest and just to go, 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 go. And, and, and just, just be blind to the things of the Lord while we're running and going and going and, and just rest. Like we need to rest in our lives. I want you to think about in your own life, what, what's, what are you going through? What is the Lord, you know, what offensive ways are in you that maybe we do know that are there and the Lord's convicting us. I think um, this summer, we're, we're, every seven years, New Life gives all the employees, whether you're a pastor or a janitor or an admin, uh, every seven years you get a sabbatical. And so I've been on staff with New Life 14 years. So this is, will be our second one this summer. And we're going to go on an extended rest. Uh, and it's, we're going to be gone for six weeks. You'll miss us. Brett, who's downstairs, he'll take over some of the preaching, some of the, uh, we call him our volunteer shepherd. He, he spoke a couple weeks ago. You know him, you love him. Um, 
Um, but just like, I, I hope that I, like, this is a part of what a sabbatical's for, to look inside and, and ask this question, Lord, is there any offensive way in me? Slow down, pause, stop, pray. Lord, what is in me that is offensive to you? And, and I ask that so that we might align ourselves to the will of the Lord. I have a friend who's a pastor now, but in his teenage, uh, young years, uh, kind of a rascal, and uh, went him and some buddies went out and way underage for drinking, but they went out, stole a bunch of beer, brought the beer back, drank all the beer, except for one can, like fell down and rolled uh, away, and he didn't really realize that till later, tried to clear all his, you know, steps and hide it, and then his dad found this can of beer, and his dad, instead of talking to him, just put it in the fridge, like front and center, shut the fridge. The next day he opens the fridge and is like, uh, shut it and just walked away. And like he knew that his dad knew and his dad knew that he knew, but he said he never, him and his dad never talked about it. And now his dad has passed away and this, this incident, you know, now he's a pastor and, and whatever, but all through his adolescence and into his adulthood, he just had this, you know, this shame. And, and he said he never talked to his dad. It was just like the beer can in the fridge and he never talked about it. But he knew that his dad knew that he knew that his dad knew. It's like, it's like they both knew, but they never talked about it. And I wonder how that is with some of us and the Lord. Like, like we know that God knows that we know, but we just never bring it up. We never talk about it because it's like, well, maybe we're kind of trying to hide it. But it's like, no, we know that he knows, that he, he knows that we know. And we just don't talk about it. And this verse just brings that to mind. Like, see if there's any offensive way in me. Bring that up because God the Father is a loving God who loves us and wants to come to us, wants to, with outstretched arm, lift us up and say, you've been driving me away because you think love is out there, but actually God is the embodiment of love. And don't drive him away, but go running into the Father because he's there and he wants to forgive you and he wants to make all things right. I think about... Um, just the Lord ready to forgive this image. If you would, would you bow your head with me and just think about this. Ask the Lord to, to bring up, like, Lord, say this verse, is there any offensive way in me? Ask that to the Lord, and, and maybe the Lord will show you something right away. Maybe as, as we're quiet here, as we take communion, the Lord will show us, like, what is it that's, that we want to be in line with the Lord what offensive ways do we have before the Lord? And the Lord is searching us. Lord, Lord, we pray to you now and say, Lord, would you search us and know us? And not to point out our faults so that we would just be in shame, but Lord, that we might run towards you, Lord, and be in parallel with what you're doing, be in parallel with your kingdom and your love and your righteousness. Lord, bring us to you that we might ask you for forgiveness. You might cover over us of our shame, of our wrongdoing, so that we will live in you, Lord. So Lord, we, we come before you this morning and, and we say, Lord, bring us peace. Bring us into your will. Bring us into alignment with what you're doing. 
You have searched us, Lord, and you know us. Lord, you even knew us before we were formed in in the depths of the earth. Lord, all the days ordained for us were written in your book before even one of them came to be. And Lord, like this psalm says, Lord, see if there's any offensive way in us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways. We pray this in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to say this uh, prayer. We don't say it every Sunday, but we say it quite a few to to prepare our hearts for communion, to, to ask the Lord to forgive us and that we might walk in his ways. Would you pray and say these words with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.